do what only you can do. Jesus, only you can set me free. Only you can satisfy. Only you. It's only you, Lord. It's I don't need anyone else. Only you. It's only you. It's only you. It's only you. It's always been you. It's only been you, Jesus. It's always been about you. It's always been about you. It's always been about you, Lord. Oh, oh, yes.
Let's just focus on the Lord right now. Draw me deeper, draw me deeper, oh Lord. I want to know you, we can have you. I want to know you, I'm weak and I'm wretched. I'm lost without you, Lord. I'm lost without you. Oh, my soul, I need you, I need you. Yes, I need you. Come on, just tell the Lord in your own words. Just see your own words right now. Is this an expression from your own heart? Yes, I need you. Jesus, I want you. Jesus, you're all my heart desires. Oh, Lord, I am thirsty for you. I am hungry for you. I desire you, Lord. Come on, tell him, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I want you. Yes, I need you. Oh, I made so many mistakes. But your blood. Oh, but your blood, it covers my sin. It covers my sin. I said it covers your sins. It covers. Come on, let them cover you today. Let them cover you today with his love. Come on, just tell them. I just want more love, Jesus. just our habit right now in just these quiet times that you would just get alone with the Lord right now sometimes that would mean finding a place where you have to be around people just right now where you're at just draw closer right now let's just draw just a little bit closer before we move on draw me deeper I want to see you, I want to see you, I want to know you more. I want to see you, I want to know you, I want to see you, Lord, so I want to see you. I want to know you, I want to see you, Lord, I want to see you, I want to know you, I want to see you, Lord. Father, just pray right now. You just take away the distractions in our hearts. You take away the distractions in our minds. In Jesus' name. 
Come on, if you're distracted right now in these times of worship, sometimes it's hard to focus in on what God is doing, and you're just thinking about a lot. If that's you, just go ahead and place your hands on your head and just say, I'm free of distractions. I'm set free of all the things that would take me away from God. Come on. Just minister to yourself just a little bit. Say, I'm free from it. I'm free from it. Jesus, transform my mind. Jesus, captivate my heart. Come on, I want to see Jesus in these times of worship. I want to know him. I want to see him. Come on. I want to be revealed, the Lord. I want to see him. I want him revealed to me right now in these times. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Come reveal. Come reveal your hand to me. Come reveal your hand to me. We're a church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit. And right now, we're just going to allow this next couple of moments for just a prophetic word to be spoken amongst us. A prophetic word is a word that comes from God that's to encourage, that's supposed to shed light on what the Lord's will, on what the Lord is saying. Some it might be a specific word for some. Some of you guys might get some things coming in your heart. Your heart just might be a chorus or two. Whatever God is putting in your heart right now, we're just going to take these next couple of moments to go ahead and share it with the body. So if you have a word, just do it in order. Just one after the other. Speak to us, God. receive that word in this place God has called his people to be leaders amongst a generation and the reason why you're not leading right now is because of pride instead of submitting yourself unto the Lord you've submitted yourself to follow the way of everyone else and you've turned your back on God come on if that's a word for you right now God's called you to be a leader in a generation a leader to stand against what everybody is saying is, is okay and acceptable. A leader that will stand up instead of standard. Come on, just take these next couple of moments and say, God, forgive me. I've fallen short of what it means to be a leader. It's been my pride, God. It's been my pride, God. It's gotten away. You called me to greater things.
Come on, we have time for one more word. If you just have a word you'd like to share, go ahead and just share it out. That word was for you. That's a specific word to repent. It's a specific word calling people back into a relationship with God. Repentance isn't just saying, oh, well, I'm good. Repentance means that you you acknowledge that you, in your own strength, in your own emotions, your own actions, fall short of the glory of God. And repentance is you coming back to God and asking for forgiveness. You coming back to the cross of Jesus Christ and say, God, I've messed up. God, forgive me of my sin. Come on, just take these next couple of moments and just repent. There's been some things in your life that you have stumbled upon. There's been some things upon in your life this past week alone that you have sinned against the Lord. Father, we're thankful for those words. We're thankful for what you're doing in this youth group, God. Father, we won't forget what you're doing in our lives. Father, be quick to rebuke us, God. Put us back on track with you, God. Father, let's pray right now for the rest of this service and what you have planned for us. God, I pray that you will speak to us today about relationships, God. Father, I pray that you would use my words, Father, to preach your word, God, and, and communicate what you want from us in a generation. Father, that is turning to adultery, that is turning to fornication, Father God. Father, I pray that you will set our hearts on purity, that you will set our hearts on love, God, that you would bring us back to you, Father. Have your way in this service, in the time of breakouts, and all that we do, God. We're here to please you. We're here to give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen, 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 amen. I mean, I love that when God speaks to our house, amen. Um, do me the favor, in this attitude of just loving God, can we just break out into life groups music? Go ahead and play for me. Let me have my JC soldiers over here. Let me have my Warriors for Christ. Breakout is just a time for us guys to find out what we're doing as a youth group. Throughout the week, we have some house, basically, um, some house get-together, some house Bible studies. Love to have every single one of you come this, this week for life. So plug in today, plug in today, see what God is doing, see what we're doing in life. Amen. I'm working hard to accomplish my thoughts where vision lacks only death is the constant cost I'm in a place to be like B-sides on decks off a light headed 12 inch when I run as a versatility feeling me crash press down shaking together here in this moment of time so let's remember to keep it on the up up front and center illuminate bright like light when you enter the place to become place you see here in the front of brown word of mouth y'all come see the harvest of the fruit connected to tree deep rooted in the truth to set you free deep rooted in the truth Amen. Let's take the next two minutes. 
next two minutes and then we're gonna break back in Less than one more minute, less than one more minute, then go ahead and break back in. Break back in, break back in for me, please. If I can go ahead and get some lights up here so I can see. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for coming tonight. They say it's going to snow a whole mess, but I'm glad that you guys are here. Amen. So that if it snows in, we get to have a fun time worshiping Jesus the whole night. Amen. Y'all ain't ready for that, man. Y'all are like, oh, I, I, I don't know about that. Say, look to your neighbor and say, you better be ready. I'm so serious, man. We're living in the end times, man. I, I do say that from my heart. Next week, we're going to Mardi Gras. Um, I'm just excited for that. You're, you're cheering for us. You're not even going to be there. You are? Oh, hallelujah. Let me get you high five. Treat of my life. Hallelujah. I see you on the streets, girl. Look at you. Mardi Gras is the time, guys. We go out and just witness. We, we preach the word of God on the street. We're not in a church, but we're outside. Imagine that. We're having church outside, and you see the craziest things ever. I'm talking about you see get people get healed. You see people get set free from sin. You see people come into tears because they just had an encounter with God in the streets. A powerful time, guys. So we know that our God is alive, and that is his desire. For God so loved the... He did. That he gave his one and only... That whoever... Everybody say whoever. Whoever believes in him shall not but have everlasting and that's what we believe so we next we're going to do that also just want to make a quick announcement before we get into anything else let me have monique give it up for monique as she comes on up to the front she's just going to share a little bit about you what's happening next week 
guys. Okay, so next week, as you know, people are going to be, um, SUM students like Adam and Cynthia will be in New Orleans for Mardi Gras, preaching the word. So next week, we are going to have a hangout fellowship night here at Elevate. Um, so I want to fill you in about that. We are not going to be doing rides here to Elevate, but we will be able to take you guys home. So if you guys can find a way to get here on your own next week, that would be awesome. We are going to have um, pizza. We're going to have a movie. We're going to have like a, a Wii dancing tournament. It's going to be super fun. I'll beat all of you, by the way. Um, um, yeah, I will. And we're going to just have a really good time. So um, if you guys can make it out, we're still going to be here at 7.30. If you guys can come early, for, we're still going to have prayer at 6.30. So if you guys would like to come early for prayer, you are free to do that. Um, I'll be here at 5 if you really want to come and help or something like that. But anyways, that's about it. Hey, man, give it up for Monique, guys. That's next week. So please come on out. Like I said, Cynthia and I are not going to be here. We're going to be on the streets. But it's going to be an amazing time still here. Amen. See, I believe God, he can meet us in New Orleans, and he's the same God of Chicago, okay? I love that about God because that doesn't stop him from moving. He's going to move on a street in New Orleans, and he's going to move here in Chicago in your free time, in your fun time, amen? So just, guys, come on out next week. Um, if you want more information, contact Monique throughout the week. She has a Facebook at MoniqueKaput.com slash Facebook.org. <laughs> Something like that. Look for our Facebook. Amen, amen. Amen. Our vision here is to love God and love people. Look to your neighbor and say, I love you. Now say it in Spanish. Look to your other neighbor and say it in Spanish. Oh, look at that. I love that. Te amo. Con mi corazón. You got to put that. Con todo. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. I'm Spanish. They're correcting me. Hallelujah. And our strategy here is to connect, mentor, and then we send you out. Again, one way, I'm looking at people, and I don't see all of you guys at a, at a life group. So, guys, please connect with us on a life group. Um, we're going to try to do some fun things for you guys. It's supposed to be snowing this entire month. You know, we went out to, this is a funny thing. We went out for a life group event one time. We went out ice skating indoors because outdoors it was like 40. Like, what in the world? And it was the funnest time I fell, you know, but... I mean, you guys should have been there. Please join with the Life Group and find out more interesting, fun things. And also, leading to that, 101, discipleship. That is a big thing that we do here in this church. We mentor you. We're all about that. Okay, I was mentored to be here to be a pastor. I mean, I went to Bible college, but at the same time, someone had to teach me the Word of God. Because you know what can happen? Anybody can open up a Bible and say, do this, do this, do this, do this. Right? And they can say, well, I'm a church leader, she should do that. But if you don't know the word of God, you'll be like, wait a minute. If they're saying something really that's off and you don't know what they're saying, you're not studied. So guys, we want you to be studied. We want you to ask questions. Because a lot of things that you might have to say, I don't know about this about God. That's why it's important to be discipled. And everybody say it, amen. And then our vision, our goal, and then, I'm sorry, the goal here is 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and to plant 500 churches around the world. It is happening. It is happening. I mean, the testimonies from India, Nepal. I mean, in these countries, they're facing a lot of persecution. But if you look at the Bible, whenever the disciples went under persecution, the church grew. You understand me? So whenever they were attacking, they were persecuting the Christians, it only made the gospel reach more people. Amen. And that is a testimony that is coming in from the nations. God is touching people's lives. Amen. Amen. You can stand up to your feet for me, please. Please, 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 please. Like I said, we're not going to be here next week. We're going to be in Mardi Gras. Please do me this favor. While we're out there, pray for us. Pray for us. Cynthia, um, both 
uh, myself and Cynthia, we're going to be out there. And since this is our third year, we're going to be in charge of students. Our first year there, we were out witnessing. Our second year there, we were squad leaders. That means we had a squad of 10 people. This year, Cynthia and I are going to be out there. We're going to be in charge of 50 people. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, generals out there, like, go do this. So pray for us, guys, that God would lead us out there, that we would, you know, use wisdom, that we would go out there and power, that we would see great things. And, man, just because we're going out there and we're the radical ones, keep us in prayer. It's always a good habit. Let me teach you this, to pray for your leaders. Pray for them. Pray for them. Even, even for, like, the president, pray for Obama. Wait, Adam, we're going to pray for him. Pray for his salvation. Pray that he will see Jesus. Pray that he will lead this country in a righteous, holy way. Amen. It's good to pray for your leaders. Pray for your teachers. Yes, I said it. Pray for your teachers. Pray for your parents. Come on. Anybody who's above you, not just in height-wise, but in uh, stature, maybe not stature, but in like uh, uh, authority, pray for them. Pray God, give them wisdom to lead me because they're leading you. Hallelujah. If they're leading you, you want them to do it in grace, in love, in truth. Amen? So that's why you pray for us. So pray for us, guys. We're going to be there next week. More information. Last week, check this out. Last week was our Spiritual Emphasis Month, our Spiritual Emphasis Rally. God moved. Powerful word. It's just some exciting things. If you want more information, uh, contact us, uh, Cynthia and I. We also have some more information for you in the back. Amen? Next slide for me, please. Tithes and offering, a tithe, 10% of your total income and offering is whatever you offer to God after your tithe. I just want to share, don't be stingy. Don't be stingy. Like I'm telling you, I'm telling you, give. Who here likes being broke? What was wrong? No, we, we don't like being broke. I'm, here, when we tithe, God blesses us. God is able now to bless us. I'm trying to teach you how not to be broke. Give give it's it's in the word of god god doesn't go against his word we have to have faith take what you have in your hand and give i'm telling you pastor Doe says it like this if what you have in your hand doesn't meet your need then it's your seed sow seeds one way to look at it when you give is that you're sowing a seed you know when we plant seeds like i remember it was in kindergarten back back way in the day and i was a little nino right here this high right i was chubby i was a fat one um, I'm missing teeth and everything. It was, it was bad. Pray for me. <laughs> but anyways, I was just a little neat. And remember, we had these uh, uh, like projects that we had to do. And they gave us little dirt in the cups. And then they gave us these seeds. And guess what we had to do? We had to put the seeds in the cup. And then we had to, you know, water it. And we'd see it. The teacher would hang it up on the, on the ledge by the sun so that the sun can hit it. And maybe like a couple weeks in, you know, we can start seeing like trees. I always had the seed that never did anything. Like I'm looking like, oh, look, that's what it's for real. I was a little kid. I didn't know anybody. You know, it's just like I hurt my feelings. I'm like, man, they don't like me or something. So seriously, it's just a little from my past. I'm digging it up and sharing with you guys. But this is the analogy. When you sow a seed, God is able to take that and it can grow. And some of the things that you're sowing seeds into, check this out, can, can be the ministry. Whenever you give your money to something, you're sowing a seed. Like, for example, if you buy an album from Lil Wayne, you're sowing a seed into Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is able to do the things that he's able to do because you're buying his albums. No one else is giving him. If everybody would stop buying his albums, he wouldn't have any money. He Listen, he would not have. Oh, he has money. He wouldn't because he has to use it. He has to use it. He has to use it. If no one would buy his stuff, he'd be broke. Think about that. And last week we learned about charity. 
Giving to God. Guys, don't be stingy. I'm teaching you how to not to, not to be broke. You can't afford not to give. Tithe. Just give God what's already his. And an offering, whatever you offer to God after your tithe. Do it from a cheerful heart. Amen. $19. 10% of $19. Asus. 10%. 90 cents. Oh, yeah, I confused him. I got him with the 19. It's a dollar and 90 cents. I caught him off guard, too. He's all good. He knows his math. Hello, you go to Golder? Golder Prev in the house. What's up? Tithing and offering, guys. And let's read this passage as we go on. Acts 20, 35. And it says this. Remembering the Lord. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait a second. Wait a second. Way off. I'm, I can't even read. I went to Lane Tech. <laughs> Acts 20, 35. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. What did he say? Father, I pray that you will put in our hearts, Father, in the areas that we become stingy, in the areas that we become greedy, God. I pray that you would open up our hearts, Father, God, and show us what you can do through us. And, Father, I pray that you would bless every student here, Father, to be a blessing unto your church, to be a blessing unto the nations, Father, God. You can use them. And, Father, I pray for that seed to go and, and be imparted, Father, God, to be used, Father, God, and do a great work in what, in what you're doing, Father. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on up as you give. DJ, play that track for me, please. Amen. Do me a favor. Go ahead and... and uh, find your seats for me, please. Find your seats for me, please. Do me the favor. Open up your Bibles to Galatians 5, verses 24 to 25. Cynthia, if you can do me the favor and go on YouTube and find the video entitled Sexual Healing. Uh-oh. What are we talking about here? He said sexual. Uh-oh. Amen. This entire month, guys, <laughs> this entire month, we are talking about relationships. And, and I think it's very important for us to mention this in the church. I think it's important for us to address it. It's not the elephant in the room. You guys ever heard that expression before? The elephant in the room. Just like the most awkward thing. Like, like if, for example, um, something happened in a relationship with somebody. And you know it's really awkward between you guys. And whenever you guys are in the same room, you just feel that awkwardness. That's what they call that awkwardness, the elephant in the room. Because that's what it's like sometimes. It's as big, you know, it's, oh, it's bothering you. And it's just like that thing no one talks about. It's called the elephant in the room. I don't know why they talk about it like that, but they say that. But sometimes relationships in the church and sex can be the elephant in the room, especially amongst teens. Because you know what? We see it all the time. Hello? We see it all the time. I'm not saying that we're watching some stuff. I'm, I'm saying that the world will promote it in such a way that we're becoming desensitized to it, that it's becoming more and more acceptable. For example, some of the billboards when you're driving, some of the commercials, some of the ads on the Super Bowl. How many of you guys saw the Super Bowl by the show of hands? How many of you guys saw the Super Bowl commercials? Some of the things that they are putting up, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, for real? Like that, and just women in lingerie. I mean, one of them, 
is actually uh, uh, GoDaddy. That, that's what all they do. It's just like to, to show you more. They try to tease you. And what happens is they don't need to show you a naked woman. All they need to do is just show you someone who's getting undressed or hardly dressed at all. And what happens is your mind fills in the rest. And what happens is your mind begins to focus on that thing. And when your mind starts focusing on it, you're not satisfied. And what happens is you're not satisfied. And you start playing some ideas out. And it's just not fitting for you. And what happens is you allow that idea to then become a thought. And then become an action. You know, and you go out. Maybe you go look for more. Pornography, one of the biggest things that are, are, are common. Where I'm... Well, it's sad to say that it's common amongst young men and even for some young women in the church to struggle with that. But we're acting like nothing's, uh, it's okay, but the world is trying to desensitize us. And like, oh, that's fine. It's just, are you serious? For example, if you ever go to a house and you're watching a Super Bowl party, then you're there. And, and when you see that, it's just like, you look away. I know what I, when I go to theaters and we go out, when, I, when that stuff comes on, like a PG-13 and, and they're showing some, you know, bras and things like that. It's just like, look away, look away. And some people will laugh at you. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, what, what's going on? You, you, can't, you can't look at that? Oh, God said you can't look at that? Oh, God is telling you. Like, see, holiness is something you need to value. God can't make you value that. God can't make you value purity. But if you understand what he wants from you, you understand what he says in his word, it starts affecting the way you live and the way you see things. I want to play for you this short video. Uh, it's called Sexual Healing. It's done by a young man uh, in college. And I think it's just a great work that he did. And he's putting on YouTube almost over 3 million hits. I think it's, yeah, over 3 million hits. Because I'll go ahead and play for us. Cynthia. Looks like sex will be our topic of discussion. Now, see, sex isn't evil. So let's look at the subject. I'm gonna tell you why I'm disgusted. So tonight, looks like sex will be our topic of discussion. Now see, sex isn't evil, for marriage is why God made it. But I know you're like, come on, man, that's too outdated. This is 2011, bro, we do it for recreation. And hey, if you're in college, you do it while you're wasted. But I wanna question this logic, I wanna pop off the seal, I wanna question something that we think is already a done deal. So take a rape victim, for example, and once it's revealed, when her bruises go away, is she totally healed? Nah, the damage is lasting. You can see it in her eyes. But if it was just abused recreation, why did it ruin her life? I mean, if sex is just for fun, why does it take such a toll? Maybe it's because you don't just have sex with a body, you have sex with a soul. Which means for me, there ain't no premarital loving. And it ain't just because I want a baby in the oven, it's because I'm staying pure till the day that I'm a husband. But see, this wasn't always me. That's a guarantee. Let's go back in the past, see who I used to be. Now growing up, I never learned how to treat a lady. If I learned one thing from my dad, it was leave the mom, ditch the baby. Now I don't say that to get sympathy, I say that to be real. Because according to stats, about 40% of you know how that feels. So I let the TV show me what the music already told me. No dad at home, so I was letting MTV mold me. And they sold me, which is why my life revolved around what girl I could get next. My life revolved around this girl named Sex. Shoot, I'd get at her on the text, but I gotta confess. It seems the longer we dated, the bigger the mess. But then, my girlfriend was late on that time of the month. If you know what I mean, you understand when I say my heart sunk. I started to think about abortion, man. I started to butter it up. 
But it's funny, they don't make condoms for sin. You can't just cover it up. It was just a scare, but I knew a father I didn't want to be. <laughs> it's funny how I was pro-life until it happened to me. So dudes think twice before you desire her just because she's hot. Because the truth is, your body makes a promise whether you do or not. Sorry I digress though, let's get back to the topic. How there's some dudes who pressure her even when she says stop it. You're not a man, you're just a boy that can shave and you put on a good cover. Because if you don't respect her when she says no, you certainly don't love her. So how about you start studying her heart, stop studying her booty, or maybe invest the same amount of time in her that you do in Call of Duty. Because what makes you think you can get this girl and all of a sudden get naughty? Because you should have to touch her heart and her mind first before you ever touch her body. Because she longs to be accepted, she longs to be loved, so she gives herself up to another guy's lust. She thinks it feels good at first, but then she gets bitter. Because the promise of satisfaction, it never delivers. She's like, I don't want to, but it's just too tempting. So she keeps opening up the present just to find that it's empty. And then she starts to get confused. She keeps getting rejected by all these dudes. They tell her on a scale of 10, she's a two. But that ain't true. If she only knew that Jesus, he loves and accepts us. Even when you don't want him, he'll never reject us. He heals us from that sin that totally infects us. And he does what condoms can't, he emotionally protects us. And I know some of you hear this, you're gonna want to indict me. But we gotta think rightly, so I'll ask politely. Can you really say this isn't even true, just slightly? I mean, we touched the forbidden fruit, not to realize it's poison ivy, and now we're numb and we're itching, and we got a distorted psyche. You don't think you just do it, like your name was Nike, not realizing that the consequences of your actions are oh so pricey. So this last story, though, is for those who think they're too dirty. This last story is for those who think they're unworthy. Read John chapter 8, the woman caught in adultery. The religious leaders throw her naked in the temple while she yells, don't murder me. They say, Jesus, the law commands us to stone this woman. And you hear the hate in their tone. Jesus pauses it and says, whoever's without sin, you can cast the first stone. I mean, can you imagine the sound? Silence all around. You hear footsteps walk away. You hear stones hit the ground. And then Jesus kneels down. The woman thought it was her demise. He lifts up her face. You see the grace in his eyes. He says, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. I love you. I accept you. Mercy is yours. But if you're anything like me, you're like, no, that can't be. Why would he ever die for me? See, but then I saw that scene where I was redeemed. He reached out and touched me and said, Jeff, you're free. Instantly, I was wearing the brightest robe I'd ever seen. I was perfectly spotless. I was perfectly clean. So bright, in fact, man, I thought I'd go blind. I said, who's this? this? He said, actually, it's mine. So think twice before you eat what society feeds us. Come follow the king. His name is Jesus. Come on, give it up, give it up, give it up. Don't stand up, give it up. Come on, y'all. Some of you are standing up. Hallelujah. I love what, I love how he keeps it real. And I love how he put himself into it. You see, even, even for myself, I'm not trying to, trying to rhyme here up here, guys. I sounded like, even for myself, I may have done it. No, no, I'm trying. But I can just share my own testimony, what, what God did. Um, a lot of the stuff went, man, if I was in, back when I was in that, if I would have heard that, I mean, I, I've been hearing it, but it was just my rebellion against God. I love the part, let me try to just remember exactly what he said.
it was it was a part where he talked about relationships and how um, the abortion part. That's what I remember. Believe it or not, um, there was a point in my relationship with my girlfriend. See, we just got so far off of God. It started off holding hands. I remember I lost my virginity to this girl just sleeping around with her, and it just kept on. It was a disease. Instead of confessing it, I felt so ashamed. I felt just like, oh, I can't share that with anybody because everybody thought I was, I was a leader, you know. I had finished the 101 at that time, and I was about to go into the 201. And this was the first time Joe ever wrote the 201, so this is back in the day. You know, senior year, this is about January, going into 2007. And I was just like, man, I'm doing this. And I just remember it just kept on getting worse and worse and worse. And the only reason why I went to Elevate was because of her. And then I left the church completely, just just completely gone. And I just remember just the emotional just mess I was in. And in my mind, I thought that she could satisfy. And in my mind, when I was, when I was sleeping with her, I was, this satisfies, this is good enough. But leaving, going home, feeling that emptiness, it was just, I just kept on telling myself, you know what, I'm going to marry this girl, I'm going to marry this girl, so it's going to be okay. You know, I started making excuses for my sin. You know what, God says marriage or sex is good in marriage. I'm not married with her, but I love her, and I'm going to get married to her. So when I'm married with her, I'm going to look back and say, it's okay. When really the devil was just feeding me lies so that I can be okay and since so he can keep me bonded. And at one point in time, uh, my girlfriend, she was late. And that time of the month. And I was out of town and it had, and I was asking her, calling her every week. It's like, hey, you know, did you, you know, did it happen yet? Did you, you know, have that time of the month? You, and I was sharing this, but I'm talking with her and she's just like, no. And so I told myself, you know, we're not sleeping anymore. I, you know, this kind of getting me a little nervous. And, you know, a month later, a month, a month later, uh, she has her, her period. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh. But before that month came up, we had went to Planned Parenthood. Yeah, you guys probably didn't know this about me. We went to Planned Parenthood one time. My parents had no clue. I drove her after a baseball practice. I drove her up to Planned Parenthood so she can find out whether or not she was pregnant. And as she went in, the nurse takes her in. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. At that point in time, I held a strong conviction that abortion was against God, that abortion was sin. And like he said it, it's just like, if she's pregnant, I will pay for an abortion. That thing came to my mind. I held on to it. I was like, I, I don't want it. Oh, my gosh. It's going to mess it messed me up. I was getting a scholarship to go to UIC. I still wasn't in college. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is going to be it. No way. Oh, my gosh. I thought about the shame. And she comes back out and she says, I want to keep it. And what he said was so true. It's just like, man, you're pro-life until it happens to you. And... Um, it turned out, another long story short, I don't want to keep it, so I want to get to the message. Uh, she had just been playing around. She wasn't pregnant. But that's the thing. It's just like, I messed up. And instead of getting right with God and relationships, I kept on doing it my way. Relationship 101, doing it God's way. And let me say this, let me start off and then we'll go on. Doing it God's way is always better. 
God's way will always be better. You need to get that in your heart today. Write that, get that tattooed on your arm, on your leg, on your forehead. God's way is always better. It just always is. Because he knows. He's a God who sits above our thoughts. He can see the entire picture. Sometimes we see things in here. And when it comes to relationships, sometimes we only see things with our heart. Hello? <laughs> but my, my heart doesn't have eyes. Exactly. You're seeing things through the wrong perspective. Wait a minute. What are you saying? Sometimes we don't think. Sometimes we don't use judgment. Sometimes we're not wise in the relationships and the things that we do in them. I'm not against a relationship. Hello? What I am against is, is perversion, lust, fornication. The same thing God is against. And so we have to understand God's way is always better. And how is he prescribed relationship? See, in the Bible, it never talks about boyfriend and girlfriend. It says husband and wife. And so start thinking like that. It's a good way to think about relationships. Husband and wife, right? And then he says sex. And that word, you understand, it's just like everybody's just throwing it out there. What's okay to do it? What, you know, if it doesn't affect you or, you know, my pastor says it's okay as long as I use condoms. They'll say that. Just some of the things that are being said out there. It's just like, what in the world? Oh, because he knows I'm going to do it anyways, but he wants me to have safe sex. So it's going to be okay now. And say, hey, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. God's way is always better. Husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, we have to start there. Before we start making any other conclusions, let's start there. God has confined sex in marriage. And one of the things that, that is heavy in high school is just the attraction or the lust of other people. And that's where we're going to start right now. Relationships are a beautiful thing. They are. They are an amazing, they're a great thing. But what happens is, if our hearts are not in the right place, what happens is that we can, uh, we can pervert, we can twist relationships. And especially when it comes into the area of dating. Now, we have a book. If someone can go back there and get me the resource, uh, Date Like a Christian, for me, please. Uh, we have a resource in the back for you um, that specifically teaches you. Can someone who's a leader go back there and help out? Specifically teaches you. Are we out completely? Okay, then we're out completely. Guys, we have it online for you. Um, so go check that resource online. But here's the thing. Relationships can be a really messy thing. I'm just going to give you, I'm, I'm running short on time. I'm just going to give it to you straight, uh, some things I had prepared for you. Number one, self-control. What does that mean? It's important when in a relationship that we have self-control. It means instant obedience to initial promptings of God's spirit. Instant obedience to the initial promptings of God's spirit. Galatians 5, 24 25. I don't have much time for you guys to find it. If you guys are there, uh, you're there. But I'm just going to read it out. It says this. It says, Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its desires and passions. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. I'll read it one more time. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. One thing to guard yourself. If you're in a relationship, if you want to get into a relationship, guard your thoughts. Some of the things that you're going to think about. I mean, the world will, will paint a picture that it's okay. It would invite you. 
The Bible says that um, that a, a woman who shows no discretion is like a, a, a pig with a gold ring in her, in her nose. Dang. So these women out there with no discretion, just showing, them, showing their body, showing it all for the world to see, it's like a pig with a gold ring in her nose. Come on now. Guard your thoughts. Have self-control of your thoughts, your emotions, your actions. It goes that way. If it becomes a thought, it, you, you let it dwell there, you let it linger there, then it becomes your emotion. And you start feeling that way, and then you're going to act it out what you feel. Guard it from the top. Guard your mind. Say, Jesus, guard my mind. Another thing to have is patience. Patience, patience, patience. Here, here's a good question. We talked about sex. And the reason why God teaches us from his word about this is because he, he wants us to, like I said, he has the best in mind for us. See, when God tells you something, it's never like, oh, we see it through one way, but God sees it from a different way. And he says, look, this is better for you. And here's the honest question. Let me ask you this question and think about it for yourself. Does sex simplify or complicate a relationship? Think about it. Does sex simplify or does it complicate a relationship? It complicates it. Why? Because if you're not ready for sex, it can lead to other things. Right? Sex is a higher commitment, higher expectations. So we can understand for ourselves that, hey, if I do that, what happens is I'm, just, I'm not just sleeping with somebody. It, more is involved. Things get more complicated. And that's why God has set it up in the confines and the boundaries of marriage. You start, when I started sleeping around with my girlfriend at that time, I started sleep, things started getting complicated. I started lying to get out of the, the, the guys that, oh, I'm not doing anything. I started lying. I started hurting myself. I started hurting her. It complicates things. Patience. And if that's you in this place, you need ask God for patience in your life, whether you deal with lust, whether you deal with, uh, I'll say it like this, sex with self. Whether you deal with these insecure thoughts of how you see yourself and how you want others to see you. God, give me patience. Give me self-control. And how about this? Purity. Purity. Some of the things we can do when it comes to purity. Because we've all messed up in this area. You know? And it's not, listen not, when we talk about purity in these times, it's not to sit back and, well, that's not me. No, that's me. Let, let me listen. Here's the first thing. Repent and confess your sin to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. That, that is awesome news for anybody who's dealing with you know, perversion, who's dealing with this area in their walk with the Lord. Like, man, I, I, I struggle with this. I struggle with this. My mind always takes it to that next level. And then I'm finding myself doing things I would never want to do. God, I repent. I confess it to you. Repent and confess your sin to God. Number two, ask God for his revelation of love. Half the time, we don't have an understanding of what true love is. And in relationships, we go in with the false pretense that we know what love is. We don't know what it is. Half the time, I'm seeing on Facebook that someone is professing their love to somebody, but at the same time, declaring in that name of love that I'm going to beat the mess out of so-and-so. What in the world? Does love look like that? See, it's a perversion of love. 
whether you're a guy, whether you're a female in this place, it's a perversion of love. And if we don't get that settled in our heart that that's not the right thing, it'll control us. And guess what? We'll get in a relationship expecting one thing and we'll get another and we'll blame the outcome on God because we might have been in a service but they talked about relationships and we thought we were doing it the right way but in the real, but the whole entire time we were doing it our way. Repent. Say, God, I don't know what it's about. I don't know. I've done it the wrong way. But I come to you. Forgive me of my sin. God, I ask for a revelation of his love. When you are praying, make sure that you're asking God for his revelation of his love. I'm telling you, it's the thing that will keep you in church. It's the thing that will keep you going after God. It it really is. It's not one of these things where we make up. See, a lot of people have head knowledge. They have the theology of God's love. And we can read scriptures and we can say God's love is this. And for, for not that we love God, but God loved us first, that he gave his body. You know, we can read all these things in the Bible about love, have a theology, have an understanding, but we haven't faced the reality of it. I don't know about you. Like I said last week, I want the reality of God's love. I wanted to embrace it. You ask God for it. So God, give me a revelation of your love. Number three, have an accountability partner. Have someone you can sit down with. You don't have to feel all weird or awkward. Find somebody. I don't care if it's not me. I'm like, my feelings are not going to get hurt if you come to me and bear all your, your things that you're dealing with. If you find somebody you can talk to that's going to give you godly counsel, go ahead and talk with them. Man, I've struggled in this area. Just in my mind, I probably wouldn't go to somebody on the street, just some, some guy on the street waiting for the bus. Hey, man, I, I sinned, man. I did this. I did who cares? Like, you're fine with me, dude. Like, it's exactly why we have somebody who's in the church who, who loves Jesus, who will keep you accountable. Amen? Number four, ask questions. We are actually collecting some information from you guys. And we're having, at the end of the month, we are having a Q&A. We are going, doing some research and going to, you know, have some, uh, uh, our married couple, we're going to have some of our single couples. They're all elders and deacons in the church. They're leaders here, so they can, they can give you wisdom. But they're going, to ask, they're going to be asking questions, just some real, genuine questions. Not some just, oh, is sex good? More, hey, you know what? What happens if you did this? Like you were in a relationship with somebody, and you gave yourself in the, in the area of sex. If you did that, what happens now? Can you ever be forgiven of your sin? Questions like that. Or what, what about this? Is this, is, is, is this wrong or is this wrong? And it's going to be a good time. So at the end of the month, we're going to have that for you guys. Ask questions. Come up to a leader. Hey, this is what happened. Or, hey, is this right? What does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about kissing? Well, hello, somebody. We know you necking it up in the high schools anyways. You might as well ask, is it okay? Look to your neighbor and say, don't be necking it. Oh, conviction settles in. It's settling in. I repent. <laughs> Look at you guys. Tears down your eyes coming up to the altar. <laughs> just a funny thought came to my mind. I'm just going to clear that right now because I want to keep it serious. Hallelujah. If you guys can stand to your feet for me, please. <laughs> we went uh, a little late in worship today. And I had this here. I had this here because I wanted to throw it at you guys. You know what? Might as well. Might as well. Please, if there's if they're scattered somewhere, please pick them up. It's just two more. Two more. That that was the plan. That was the goal. 
what I'll do this, I'll do this for next week. I'll call this the cauldron of chocolate. The cauldron of chocolate. The goblet. The goblet of chocolate. Whoever can answer one question at the end of service will win all the chocolate in here. I'm so serious. Um, but moving forward, the young man, Jeffrey, that we saw on the, on, the, on the screen for us on the YouTube video, he gave an illustration. He gave a verse in the Bible where it talked about a woman caught in adultery. And it's in John 8, and we don't have time for you guys to flip there, so I'm just going to read it um, from my phone here. It says this, John 8, chapter 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. She was caught up. The Pharisees were looking for a woman to catch and they were going to bring her before Jesus so that they can stump Jesus because they wanted to see what Jesus would do. At that point in time, Jesus would be becoming a popular figure in the town. People were talking about him. He's the Messiah. They're saying different things. He's a prophet. And these Pharisees didn't like that. They had an offense towards Jesus. So they were looking for ways to like, you know what? We got him now. Let's trip him up. Let's catch a woman caught in adultery and bring her up. Because the Bible, the Old Testament law says you stone a woman. But I'll bring it up. Verse 4 or verse 3. The teachers of the law and the prophets and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? The law of Moses commands us to sown such a woman. You know what they wanted Jesus to do? Hey, Jesus, are you better than the law of Moses? Are you better than the law our forefathers gave us? They wanted to see if Jesus would keep it. Because that lady, rightfully so, the Bible, the Bible said to stone her. What does Jesus do? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Wow. Again, he stepped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go one at a time. The older ones first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Verse 11, No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. I love that. I love that because you want to know what God thinks about us in our mistakes when we messed up before, before him. I don't know about you, but I messed up in the era of sexual purity. I mean, I was just sharing a little bit of my testimony. I mean, at that point in time, coming back to God... It's just like, man, God, I messed up on relationships. There is no redemption. You're probably not going to even send me a wife. But I remember coming back to God and his, and his arms were just open. He says, look, I know you made a mistake. Just come. I'll forgive you. Come. But he says some things that's, that's awesome. He says this. He said, woman, has, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. See, the command remains the same. When God calls you to be a son, to be a daughter, he cleans you of your sin. He washes you clean. And he says, go now and leave your life of sin. And it stayed the same way. 
God doesn't say, hey, you know what? Come up here so you can feel good about your sins, so you can keep on sleeping around, so you can keep on looking at those things you're not supposed to, so you can keep on doing those things that no one sees, only you do in your own time. So you can keep on talking with so-and-so, so you can keep on making excuses for this relationship. No, 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 no. He says, go now and leave your life of sin. He says, stop doing it. If you ever want to know what the Father's like, you ever want to know what, what the Father in heaven is like, look at Jesus. He's ready to embrace. He's ready to accept you. Since you can do me a favor, just put some music on in the back of me, please. Guys, we're just going to have right now a time of altar call where we're going to come up to these altars and we're going to pray. See, I don't know everything that you're dealing with. Whether you're in this room and you're in a relationship, whether you're in this room and you're not in a relationship, whether you're in this room and you're married, hallelujah. If I give it all to Wherever you're at in your walk with God, in your relationship status with others, here it is. If I give it all we have more information for you how to do it God's way in the back. Uh, we have the, the resource. We're going to try to get more of you. If, if, if you can't find it back there, it's online. It gives you more in-depth about relationships and how to do it God's way. Waiting for the right person. What to look for in a candidate, someone that you want to start talking to. These are some of the things that I abide by. Amen. Come on now. I'm not going to just go if any girl. She goes to church. Come on now. And just because I hold the standard doesn't mean like, oh, that's pastor standard. It should be our standard for what God has because he wants the best for us. Amen. If you can do me the favor, just close your eyes right now. This is always a delicate thing whenever we talk about relationships, and that's our heart. The Bible says in Genesis that God saw man, and he saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone. So it made man a companion. That's why there was Adam and Eve. In this area of relationships, it can be so complicated sometimes. But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that complicated because if we just get closer to Jesus, if we allow him to heal our hearts, we're going to have an altar call for him. We just want you to come up here and wherever you're dealing with in these next three things that I'm going to mention right now, come and say, God, heal my heart, touch my life. I want to be changed. God, I, want, I no longer want to be the same. Here they are. Number one, spiritual healing. Like my relationship with God has been damaged. That's the first relationship that I want you to focus on. How's your relationship with the Lord? I need a spiritual healing. I need to be touched by God. I need to come back to the Lord. I need to repent and get my life back with the Lord. How about this emotional healing? Some of us in this place have been in relationships that have emotionally drained us, have been in relationships that have taken things from us, have been in relationships with people that they have done things to harm the way now we see ourselves. There's an emotional healing that some of us in this place need to receive, that it keeps on lingering on into the next relationship, into the next relationship, whether with friends, whether with family, whether with people you'll meet in the future. God is trying to heal you emotionally. Some of us, it may not be easy to love. Some of us, this idea of love and trying to love God and love others is hard for us. And God is saying, I want to heal you emotionally. There's emotional healing in this place today. And lastly, physical healing. It says that if there's a, something in your body that, that as a result of you being in a relationship with people have, has caused physical hurt, or some things have happened in your life that have brought a physical hurt to you, 
this physical healing. Amen. So we're going to pray for that right now. Whether it's spiritual healing in your heart, whether it's emotional healing, whether it's physical healing, I'll just let you, I'll release you after I'm done talking right now, and you just come up to the front and just ask God for it. Because I can't ask it for you. You're going to have to have a heart-to-heart -heart time with God, and that's the best part. That's exactly what He wants. That's exactly where He's trying to put you. So you can talk with Him. So you wouldn't be ashamed. So you wouldn't feel weird. But just talk with Him. Amen? We're going to do that right now. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you will stir up our hearts, Father God, whether, God, we need to come for you to for spiritual healing, whether we need to come to you for an emotional healing, Father, whether we need to come to you for a physical healing, God. Father, you know the desires, you know the needs. Father, you know exactly what we need in this place. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you begin to touch hearts. Father, Holy Spirit, let your Holy Spirit go forth, begin to touch hearts, begin to, to move in this atmosphere, God. Father, bring them back to you. Whatever area, God, their need is, whatever area they may be lacking, whatever area they find themselves needing, Father, I pray that you would provide for them, God. Provide for them love, grace, peace, truth, your kindness, Father. Right now, if that's you, just come up to these altars, or you can find a place in this sanctuary. We're just going to play some music for you. Just respond to it. Just respond to it. Whatever you're dealing with right now, just respond to that. Don't think about anything else. We're not coming up here for a show. We're not coming up here so that we can feel good. We're not coming up here so you can make me feel good. So I'm, I'm coming up because Adam told me to come up. But if you're in your seat, pray for this right now. For spiritual healing, emotional healing, or physical healing in your body. Come on. Come on, if you don't know what to say, just say, hey, Jesus, I just need more of you. Jesus, I need more of you. Just take the next couple moments. Last week. We're going to leave this sanctuary open for just prayer. If you guys want to stay in here and just really bear your heart before God. Here's the best part. God, he listens to us. He can hear exactly what you're praying right now. It's amazing. I love that. So take advantage of this moment right now, these couple of moments. God is listening to you. Pour out your heart. Spiritual healing, emotional healing, physical healing. Twenty years, but right now I'm just gonna dismiss for those who just want to hang out in the back. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would let this word burn in our hearts, God. The Father, whatever area in our walk, Father God, that there's compromise. The Father, you would bring us back to you. Father, I pray that you would heal these students in Jesus' name. Father, that you pray that you would heal our hearts. 
Father, bring us back in, in a right relationship with you. So, Father, that can be affected, Father God, so that it can overflow into relationships that we have with others. Father, we want to do it your way because your way is always, always, always better, God. And we'll receive that. We'll receive that. Father, I pray that you will bless them as they leave, Father. Remind them of what you're doing, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. We're just going to have the back open for you guys if you guys want to hang out over there. But if you're getting rocked by God right now, if you're wanting to stay with God right now, He is listening. He is listening to you. So just make some time right now.